Hello and welcome. This is Vanessa Graulich, and today we're going to talk about the math behind risk management. Let's do some math. So first, let's talk about what is risk management. Well, risk management is when you are an investor, and we're just going to talk in generally about real estate, and you want to determine what are the type of risk that your investment or your assets can have in the future or, you know, from adverse events. So for example, if you have like a hurricane, if you have a natural disaster, maybe there's a, um, a problem with the insurance, you're in a flood zone and the whole thing. So let's just first start with the definition of risk management. And here it is. It's just basically involve identifying the potential events that can have adverse financial, and I also added emotional consequences for an investor. Because of course, who's gonna become when, you know, you have a financial problem, right? So as you can see here, when you have a risk management in real estate, you can actually have uh, several risks that you need to be prepared just because things happen. The reason why we do probabilities is because probabilities is what? The events, the probability or the chances that a random event might occur. So we will do a, a normal distribution and I'm gonna show you what is expected value and this is basically the math behind the risk management. But before that, let's talk about the different type of risks that we face in real estate and how can we manage them. So the first risk that we're gonna have, there are four of them. So number one, property risk. This is the risk associated with the destruction of the property. You bought the property on a Tuesday, Tuesday night there was a fire, you did not have insurance, that's it, it's gone. That's what is called property risk. Basically, the risk associated with the destruction of the asset. Number two, a speculative risk. This is the risk associated with you trying to, or the investor, right? Trying to find out how the value of an asset will hold in the future, and you hope, you speculate, that it's going to increase. You never want it to decrease, right? It's going to decrease, like the, the property value, right? It's gonna go up. So you might, be wine, you might be buying right now thinking like, okay, this is the best time to buy. Let me go ahead and buy this house for this price because I know in the future it's gonna be in this price. So this is basically what is a speculative, a speculative risk. Just the risk of trying to you know, find out if this property at the end is going to basically increase its value. Number three, input risk. This is the risk associated with the increased cost that happens over time, inflation and the whole thing, right? You might have a house that maybe three years ago is not going to cost you the same to fix, you know, and maintain it as it is uh, right now. So, for example, you know, the, the loan, you know, like when you have to do the loan, prices have gone up, uh, picking up the garbage, water, utilities, all of that is called the input risk because think about it. I think like water rates, especially in Daytona, um, you know, water can become very expensive. And obviously, more population, pandemic and all that, utilities most likely are going to increase in price. This is part of input risk. These are things that we need to evaluate when we get a property and we say, okay, I want to make sure that I figure out what is the, I, I, will, I would like to say like the three type of scenarios, the good, the bad, and the worst. Number four, liability risk. This is the risk associated with the reckless actions or maybe the accidents, right, of other individuals or, you know, other events. How many times, I don't know if that has happened to you, but 
I don't know, you know, uh, I think twice. I've been just basically in a red light, just waiting, and then boom, you get someone in the back of your car. That's liability risk. I was minding my own business, listening to music, but someone else's actions basically affected my investment. Liability risk, obviously, um, ugh, it's just awful because you, you're constantly, right, especially in the United States, lawyers, attorney, court fees, no one wants to hear that. So I think liability risk, ugh, it's just awful in general, to put it that way. Now, is risk good or is risk bad? Well, no matter what, you will have to face risk. Now, depending on how much risk you might face, your return is going to be higher. But if you really are a risk-averse investor, you basically, you're thinking, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and pick something that it has a low risk, but I know it has a low, a low return. I see it this way. For example, if you are someone that works nine to five, right? You probably know that every two weeks you will have your check. You might hate your job. You might think like, oh, you know what? I hate it but I don't care because every two weeks I have my check. So that means that you might be risk averse of opening a new business or doing that because what is the first thing that we're all scared? No making money, no having you know, money to basically feed you and your family and the whole thing. So depending on who you are, you're going to be more or less risk averse. You can also have someone that say, I'm gonna get rid of everything and put all that money into stock. You might make a lot of money like you might lose a lot of money or you might lose everything. So that's basically what risk aversion is, is the level of how much, uh, how much risk against uh, rewards you can have. Now, what is the math involved in risk management? Let's go ahead and share the screen. And let's talk about, um, let me go ahead and put it here. So we're gonna share. Okay, let me see here, give me one second. And I got it right here, beautiful, okay. So here we have our Excel sheet, right? And I have the formula for the expected value. So first let's understand what is the expected value. Well, the expected value is a math formula that we can use basically to find out the expected value or how much or the future value of an investment. Let's understand this formula first. This is EV, which is expected value. Now this Greek letter means the sum. That means that you're gonna do the sum of the probability of xi. Why do we have the i right there? Well, that i, you're gonna say i to the zero, i to the one, i to the two. So that i is just basically saying, look, you're gonna have more than one probability and you're gonna have more than one event. It's gonna make a lot of sense once we do the, once we do the, the math in the Excel. So for example, let's say that you, know, you are an insurance company because insurance, in real estate, proper insurance is basically you know, something that you need to make sure that you you assess that risk. If you like a property, but if you have this property on a flood zone, let's say it's a warehouse, and just put in an example, you get it really cheap, everything is wonderful, all the factors are there, but if this warehouse is on a flood zone, your risk is going to be much higher than maybe having a different type of investment that might not give you a, such a higher return, but it's not in a flood zone. So if you have these two investments, right? The one on the float zone and the one that is not on the float zone. Well, the one on the float zone, you might get a higher return. I'm just making a hypothetical example. But then when a flood comes, what's gonna happen? You're gonna have a higher risk 
than having an investment that maybe is not in a flood area, it gives you less, you know, rent revenue, but you know that your insurance, you're not in a flood zone, so your probabilities or your chances of getting, uh, you know, appropriate risk destruction of the property are lower. That doesn't mean that you can have all the, you know, problems. Like I remember, um, I don't remember if it was 2003, like there were like a lot of hurricanes in Florida coming back and forward. And all of these hurricanes were towards Ocala. Everyone was scared to live in on the water. And then here we realize that even if you live in central Florida, you still have the chances of having a nat you know, natural disasters occurring. I think Florida, especially like in the Miami County area, insurance is so expensive because we're in a very vulnerable position. But I love Florida and I'm pretty sure. Um, and if you don't love Florida, I promise you, Florida is awesome. <laughs> it's worth the risk. I love Florida, so yes, it's worth the risk. So insurance, what do they do? What math do they do? So let's talk about this math. Now, notice here that we want, let's say that we want to figure it out, how an insurance company is going to determine the value of the property insurance, right? Now, this is a very simple example. Uh, there are very big data and a lot of algorithm that goes through the process of figuring out the premium of, you know, front insurance. But this is just a simple example. Obviously, like I said, there's more math and they don't use Excel <laughs> to determine the property value. But this is just basically the math behind of how to figure out the expected value or figure out the risk management when you have this information. So let's start. First of all, you, let's say that you have, you know, from data, you can see that um, if you have zero claims, your probability of that happening is 50%. The probability of having one claim in this case is going to be 25%, two claims, 15%, three claims, 10%. Notice that if I add the probabilities, they must give me one because you cannot have 120% probability. It has to be 100 or one in this case because we're using decimals. So here, what I'm doing right now is finding the expected value of the number of claims. What the expected value does is just analyzes all the, all the probabilities, right, and the events together in order to give you a number where they're going to say, look, this is the expected value that you're going to have for this investment. So the first thing that we want to do here is to find out the expected value of the number of claims. Again, when I said, where did you get these probabilities? Again, I, I just put the probabilities just because um, this is like a simple example. For insurance companies, they use historical data, and obviously this probability distribution is much more, more complex, and they have like zero, one, two, three, and you know, a bunch of other factors. So this is just basically an example to illustrate how to find the expected value first of the number of claims. So look what we're gonna do. What we're gonna do is this. The formula says find the sum of the probabilities times the number of claims. So that's exactly what we're gonna do. We're gonna do zero and then times 0.5 plus one times 0.25 plus two times 0.15 plus three times 0.01. All what I have done is just basically multiply the number of claims times the probabilities uh, from my probability distribution. I know that my expected value is 0.85. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to do another probability distribution, but this time for the cost of the claims. Now, 
again, I just put these numbers and I'm, I'm using this example based on uh, one of the references um, that you have on the, uh, you know, on the bottom of the description of the video. And they have a, a very similar example. I just switched the numbers. So look, let's say that the claim, so I have a, a, a chart here. So let me just explain you the chart. There's a 10% probability that the cost of the claim is gonna be 4,000. There's a 40% probability that the cost of the claim is gonna be 8,000. There's a 45% probability that the cost of the claim might cost 12,000. And there's a 5% probability that the cost of the claim might cost 14,000. So once you have the cost of the claims and you have the probabilities, how do you find the expected value? Well, again, we're gonna do the exact same thing. We're gonna do cost of the claim times the probability. All what we're doing is finding a weighted average of the expected value if things go easy, medium, hard, to put it that way, with different probabilities. And what I'm gonna do is a 4,000 times 0.01 plus 8,000 times 0.4 plus 12,000 times 0.45, I'm just multiplying cost of the claim times the probability, plus 14,000 times 0.05. I click enter and voila, the expected value is going to be, the expected value of the cost of a claim is going to be 9,700. From there, we can multiply the expected value of the claim, which is 0.85, times the expected value of the cost of the claims, which was 9,700, and then I get that the premium is $8,245. So all what we've done was to find our first expected value of the number of claims. Someone say, well, you know what? There's a 50% probability that this person is not gonna call us and do any claims on their house. Then there's a 25% probability this person might call the insurance be like, oh, my roof is leaking, I need help. <laughs> there's a 15% probability that the person might call in January my electrician came over and he just failed. You know, now uh, he's suing me, property insurance, right? And then, the, um, as you can see here, once you find that expected value of the claims, basically based on the probabilities of claims happening, you're going to now figure out, well, uh, when that person calls you and they tell you, look, I have this problem with my house, then they're gonna say, well, there's a 10% probability that the cost of this claim is gonna be 4,000. So that's how you go 4,000, 8,000, 12,000, 14,000. Again, insurance companies have way much more data than what I have here, but this is just a simple example. And from there, once you multiply this, the expected value of the number of claims and the expected value of the cost of the claim, that's how you figure out the premium of the, uh, you know, of the insurance. This could be maybe like the annual premium of, of insurance. And then if you want a monthly, you just basically divide the 8,245 divided by 12, and that's how you get your monthly premium. Um, insurance, and I'm, I'm trying to get someone here in the podcast um, that basically does insurance because I think it's pretty interesting to understand this concept. But you know that property insurance is basically, property insurance, flood insurance, these are, I will call, the, I will call them uh, the killers, right, of a deal. I feel like when you're an investor or when you're a homeowner, you're, you should really, really consider understanding insurance and you don't have to go crazy to understand insurance. You just basically need to ask your insurance company. When you call your insurance company, I used to work for an insurance company when I was in college. I promise you, when you call an insurance company, everyone that is there, you need to ask, listen, are you licensed to, ask, to answer these questions? How can you help me? Um, 
I feel it's important to understand what is a float zone, and I'm going to do a podcast on that. Uh, what consequences happen when you're in a flood area? How's your insurance going to react? How are they going to you know, deal with you if you have a problem? So these are things that you need to ask when you are evaluating a property because as you can see, insurance is going to be, um, it, can become, uh, it can become risky, to put it away, risky business. So all the conclusion that I have here and I want to talk about is what should I do when I'm a, an, I am an investor? Ask questions, figure it out, insurance, figure it out. Will my management, property management values will always be 500? Well, you will have to analyze, let's say that you're, you know, you're just buying like a huge building. There's so many factors that you have to make sure that you evaluate. And a financial advisor can help you with this. Someone that understands uh, risk analysis can help you with this. But I promise you, it's not, very, it's not that difficult if you look for questions and the more informed you are, always asking the right people, right? CPAs, insurance company. And if you don't feel that you understand it, ask the question again, because this can be abstract concepts that for me has taken me a lot of years of reading, tutoring, understanding, training people. And then I'm like, oh, I get it. So it's okay if you don't get it the first time, you might get it the second, third time. But once you get it and you understand it, that's all what it counts. So always ask questions. I hope you enjoyed this mini podcast. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Please, if you have any questions, put it in the comment below. I am in YouTube or any podcast um, platform. I'm trying to put the podcast everywhere. So please, um, I hope you enjoy it. Please give me a like and subscribe. And I hope to see you next time. Have a good day.